Hi, this is part two of the interview with Anthony Vassar. As mentioned earlier, Anthony's a longtime friend of mine, and he's done photography and video for, for professional sports teams such as the Houston Dynamos. He also helps small businesses and large businesses with their digital marketing. So we talk about those things, and we also talk about how to be scientific in your approach to continuously refine and improve your content. So tune into part two if you're interested in using video to grow your business or if you just want to get better at digital marketing in general. But the reality is we're human and when we're on social media and we're only seeing the highlight reel, when something human pops up, something relatable, something vulnerable, that builds trust. Then what I have to do is offer them something that has a high enough perceived value to overcome their desire to not get pitched or spammed or bothered or annoyed. I have to go on a gut level first and foremost, what sells me? How do we take some of the repetitive, quote unquote, bureaucratic tasks out of the hands of the rep and automate those to free up time for them to spend selling? How can we create a place where it's positive, where there's nothing but motivation, education, and inspiration, and how can we do it consistently? Five, four, three, two, one. Um, again, you still run everything. We, when we run our digital campaigns, we run like a multi-prong uh, marketing automation. Everybody does marketing automation, but we run like our advertisements at every level, cold all the way through the final conversion in our funnel is multi, there's multiple versions or multiple iterations of an ad. Yeah, it's a big matrix that I have. So the AT&T ad would be a good example. You have that webinar um, of a whatever, right? At the high level, medium, and, and at the closing part of the funnel but you run that adjacent to high quality still photos. And then you run that adjacent to uh, like a stock photo. And you run that adjacent to a high quality version of the other low quality, let's say selfie style video. And you're constantly running a test and you see which one produces. Because ultimately for the customer, for the consumer, depending on the product line, different people have different ways that they want to be communicated to you get back to what is the persona what is the cohort kind of that they fit within um i i do a lot of enterprise commercial fortune 100 uh, b2b campaigns but you still break it down you have customers who are emotionally attached they're, they're emotional buyers right you speak to them with an emotional language you have some customers or potential customers who are uh I'd say price conscientious. So you have to speak to them only about price. You don't speak to them about like, oh, this is how you feel. And it's like, we are the best value. And then you have potentially other customers who are, I'd call them, I call them like trinket people, but they're, you give them a free uh, Amazon Alexa or whatever, right? You give them a free gift card, you give them a free whatever. Um, so at every single tier, you, you run those. And then across those three cohorts you run those three different messages because somebody wants a video somebody wants a photo and somebody wants uh something else so at that point just in this one example at one tier of your thing you're running 18 20 ads and that's just for one product at one stage of your funnel so it's very easy for when we put things together to be to run a matrix ad uh, that is easily 500 different pieces of content targeting all these different personas and then we go and then we optimize that so that uh, you want to make sure that the person who receives the video is the person who person who receives the video is a person who has the highest propensity to buy from a particular video with that particular message within it. So it, it's kind of you know, that's the game of market. It's a game of advertisement. Right. I, I think that's a great message for those listening, because 
uh, what Anthony's talking about is the ability to A/B test different things within your ad. And there's different elements you can you can you can look at the headline, you can look at the sales copy, you can look at obviously the creative, and then you know the photography, the video, uh, or photos. And then there's so different there's so many different ways to do that piece of it. Um, so I mean, it, it's just amazing how many different things you can test, and then you can put the winners against each other, right? So you have your control group, and you have your the ones you're testing and, and you see which one's doing best. And then you can compare that against the control group and another one. And eventually you're, you're competing the winners against each other to try to try to find the best one. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying, Anthony? That is definitely what I'm saying. And, and that process never ends, right? Because uh, once you find the winner, right, you find the best ad and you've done, you spent however much money you've got and you've competed thousands of ads or whatever against each other. And you found the best one and it's taken you a year and this one sells market sentiment may change. A competitor enters the market. Somebody says a whatever, a competitor copies exactly what you do. Uh-oh, what do you do? And you have to constantly be turning and churning your advertisements and injecting brand new ideas into that system to A-B test because you don't want to be the guy who reacts to a market sentiment change. You want to always, ideally, kind of stay a little bit ahead of it. There's a book that I was reading. It's uh, one of the well, the greatest books that I, I, I love that, that I base a lot of my philosophy on, it's uh, Breakthrough Advertisement by uh, Eugene Schwartz, written back in the 60s, I think. Uh, amazing book. Absolutely amazing. But he, he breaks down his funnel, but he breaks down the funnel, not just top, medium, or top, middle, bottom, or whatever for conversion. He breaks it across horizontally as well. So it's sort of like market awareness. Uh, so you go from like people who aren't aware of your product, but also aren't aware of the solution, you know. I don't even know that I need to solve this problem, right? All the way to the, to the other side of it is um, stop sending me the same message over and over and over again, right? So the way you address that problem is sort of like market exhaustion, but it's not about your product. It's about the industry message in general. You shift what you talk about. A great example is like pizza, right? Oh, we have the best pizza. We have the best ingredients, whatever. And all of a sudden, a new company, you know, you have the best ad. Then all of a sudden, a company comes out and says, we deliver hot and warm pizza. That's what you want, hot and warm. You assume that our ingredients are great, but let's talk about how hot we cook it, you know, 900 degrees. You shifted the marketing, the industry message, and that helps then further evolve that message. And you have to A-B test that against existing messages. It's never ending, never ending. It's like, I think it was a Domino's that was uh, 10 minutes or less, be free pizza. Right, yeah, they changed that whole paradigm. And I, I was just going to say, you know, you talk about in the 60s, this, this book and this concept, but for our millennial listeners out there, you know, Tim Ferriss talks about this all the time for anything and everything. A-B testing is what's going to help you figure out what is actually working. So I, I, I really appreciate the, the examples that you provided, Anthony. Thank you so much for that. Oh, no problem. And if nobody wants to read like an old book in the 60s, they've got some crazy examples in there. I mean, they're, they definitely don't fit with the times anymore. If you kind of want to read a more modern reinterpretation of it, uh, check out Cashvertising. Uh, that one is, it's very, very similar, but it's more modern. And I think it incorporates more like the digital stuff, like breakthrough advertising to talk about like ads in the newspaper. Like d does anybody who's listening to this run ads in the newspaper? Like I, I've, I've been doing this for a while. I've never run like a column ad. 
in a newspaper before. And there's strategy for that, right? But it's still the same, right? What's a column added in a newspaper? Headline, image, copy. Right. That's, that's, isn't that what Facebook is? Isn't that what, isn't a classified ad the same thing as like a Google advertisement? Just that it's a headline with your description underneath and a phone number. Like it's all the same. The philosophies are still the same. It's just the platform and the media that changes. It's, it's so funny when you, when you read those older books that they, they talk about the same things in different way, like TV back then is social media now. And they talk about the competition and market being saturated. And um, I, I was listening to a podcast or a, an audiobook Grant Cardone put out and he was kind of talking about some of the sales book that sales books that he's read in the past. And uh, I think some of them, some of them from were from the 1950s and that's what they were talking about. It's the same they were struggling with the same issues that we struggle, uh, struggle with. But I think you made a great point because we're talking about A-B testing and it seems so scientific and it is, but it's not necessarily like chemistry or whatever. It's not, it's not guaranteed, but it, you kind of get, you kind of get close, right? But we're, we're dealing with people and Human factor, right? emotions. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the new, the media could put out a, uh, some news article that completely changes how people see the market or I'm sure people are reacting differently now than they were before COVID. Um, so with these big changes, I mean, you never know how, how that's going to affect how people respond to advertisement. Is it a financial situation? Is it a social issue? Is it a, um, so I, I I guess that's that's one of, that's the reason why it always changes is how how mm -hmm. we advertise and an advertisement that that may be doing wonderful for us could change in a split second or maybe it could be be because of a platform changed how they uh, promote the ads and the and the and the spend associated with that ad. Um, so very very great point on that, Anthony. Yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty cool. It's it's fun. It's definitely not uh, as scientific. Uh, as as chemistry, uh, thank God. <laughs> so, so my my sister in law is a uh, is a surgeon, right? And so I, I we when we all get together, family dinners or whatever, and Thanksgiving, you go, oh man, I had a, a real rough day today, and I had to send like three emails, and uh, my one of my conversion one the ROAS on one of my things just like skyrocket or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I was in a surgery and had a bad day. I'm like, yeah, it, it pales in comparison to like real science, real, you know, technical medicine types of things, but you come down to people, right? You know, a lot of clients, new clients, small businesses, they ask me like, how much money do I need to spend to, to get people to buy a product? I'm like, you can't force somebody to buy a thing. I can, I can get it in front of people, but you, no amount of money is going to make me buy a, you know, there's a lot of things that I didn't buy. I don't buy, like, I don't, I don't own a Toshiba laptop, right? How much money does it cost for Toshiba to advertise to me to make me buy a laptop? Like I, I, I'm not even in the market for it. I'm not interested in it, um, anything about it. So there is no answer for that. And you have to navigate that minefield because a lot of people get stuck on that. Well, I'm going to spend 10 bucks and I expect $20 or $50, you know, return on investment back, return on my ad spend back. I can't guarantee that. Nobody can guarantee that. And if, and if somebody's trying to guarantee that they're, yeah, I call into question because if I could guarantee you, anybody, you give me 10 bucks, I'll give you back $50. Every single, the stock market would collapse because all of the money would be pulled out of there and given to preferably me. Right. And, and to generate that, because that's, that's a return that you can't get anywhere. So 
when you do it well, you can you can actually start achieving those 3x, 4x. It's obviously a lot more complex when you get into the numbers and stuff, really? but there's no amount of money that can guarantee somebody is going to purchase. You can't force somebody to hand over their money. Uh, and you try, you try to you create a product and a message and hopefully you have a, a business that can support it and you try to be sentimental and give a good price. And, and if people are interested in it, then they'll buy it. And that's the beautiful thing about it is everybody has different dreams and different visions of, uh, and definitions of success. And this marketing world that we live in, this digital marketing world gives people the opportunity to pursue those dreams and try and try. And that, that way when they're, you know, 80 years old, um, sitting on the front porch of their retirement home, they don't have to look back and say, well, I wonder if I would have tried. I wonder if I would have, that business idea that I had, I wonder if, if I would have just given it a, gave, given it a try or, um, so it's not a guarantee, but at least, at least it gives you an, it's a, it's another, it's another form of an opportunity. You know, some people put their money in the stock market. Um, some people do both and some people just have this passion to be an entrepreneur and start a business and create. And, um, mm -hmm. and, and you're giving them, you're giving people that ability to do that. Um, before we close out, um, Jerry, any, anything, uh, any other questions or anything else you want to add? No, I, I really appreciate you joining us, Anthony. This has been uh, amazing and fascinating for me because uh, it's, um, you know, a little of the science that we keep talking about. Plus, you're, you're a photographer also, so that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, guys. You guys are putting together an awesome podcast over here. I'm glad I can uh, kind of chime in and, and share some of my thoughts uh, coming from a unique path that I did. I'm sure there's millions of other people who are coming from the same path that I have. There's, there's hope. You know, if you don't like your job and you want to be a photographer, do it, man. There's, you, you can do it. You can find a successful route in there um, and, it, and just evolve with it. You know, evolve. Photography today is different than photography 10 years ago and, and photography 20 years ago, right? Keep evolving because if, you, if you're still taking photos like you're running your business, right, as you did back in 1990, oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anthony, if somebody wants to get in touch with you and, um, you know, so you can help them with one of their projects or help them get their business off the ground, um, what, what's the best way for them to reach you? Sure. Um, you can get in touch with me at prettyimpressive.com. There's a dash in there, so it's pretty dash impressive. Uh, and just uh, shoot me an email, anthony at prettyimpressive.com. Uh, always happy to help. Um, you know, I'm not a hard sales kind of guy. I work with a lot of fortune 100s, you know, big businesses that have big budgets. And if you're a small business, you've got a small budget or whatever, give me a shot. I'll help consult you. I'll help you kind of get that ball rolling because eventually that ball will get big enough and too complex that hopefully that you give me a call back and say, Hey, how do I make it bigger? How do I make it better? How do I optimize it? And that's, that's kind of what I'm here for. And uh, I kind of want to bring as many people under the umbrella that I've got to help make as many people successful as possible. Because like you said, we're all kind of in this weird time right now. Uh, we're all trying to make ends meet. Uh, people have different employment challenges that they're facing right now, but this is a fantastic opportunity to start that personal brand building, that personal idea that you've got, that business that you want to start knock it out of the park right now. Um, a lot of people are at home. Digital advertisement works really well when a lot of people are at home and on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Speaking of markets changing, right? Oh yeah. Um, well, thanks again, Anthony. I pr really appreciate you joining us today on the podcast. And for those of y'all that have been tuning in, stay tuned for future episodes of the digital selling secrets podcast.